Sunday morning, you're listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? This is Christian Talk Radio, here to challenge the status quo. If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. But if you want to see a change, if you want a spiritual revolution, if you need a spiritual renewal, stay with us. We are here to inspire, to inform, and to challenge you to consider what does the Lord say regarding life's issues. Visit our website for information on how you can join us for morning prayer. Access previous podcasts of this broadcast, or you can even now access and download this podcast in iTunes. There is also information to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or even sponsor this show. Visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. We would love to hear from you. Sunday morning, 2 Kings chapter 6, and we're talking about our spiritual eyesight. Do you see what I see? If you look in 2 Kings chapter 6, beginning at verse number 8, I'm reading out of the message translation. It says, one time when the king of Syria was at war with Israel, after consulting with his officers, he said, at such and such a place, I want an ambush set. And the prophet Elisha sent a message to the king of Israel, and he said, watch out when you're passing this place, because the king of Syria has set an ambush there. So the king of Israel sent word concerning the place of which Elisha the prophet had warned him. And this kind of thing happened all the time. And the king of Syria was furious over this. He called his officers together and said, tell me who is leaking information to the king of Israel? Who is the spy in our ranks? But one of his men said, no, my master, dear king, it is not any of us. It's Elisha the prophet in Israel. He tells the king of Israel everything you say, even when you whisper in your bedroom. And the king of Syria said, go and find out where he is. I'll send someone to capture him. The report came back saying Elisha is in Dothan. So the king of Syria dispatched horses and chariots, an impressive fighting force, and they came by night and surrounded the city. Then early in the morning, the servant of Elisha got up and went out and he was surprised to see horses and chariots surrounding the city. And the young man exclaimed to Elisha, O master, what shall we do? But Elisha said unto his servant, don't worry about it. There are more on our side than are on their side. Then Elisha prayed and said, O God, open his eyes and let him see. The eyes of the young man were opened and he saw a wonder. The whole mountainside full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. And the question to you today is, what do you see? Do you see what I see? The distance of your sight, your spiritual sight, is directly tied 
to your faith in God? Are you walking by faith in the spirit of God? If you can only see what the natural eyes reveal to you, then your sight is limited. You are very nearsighted, not just nearsighted, but your sight is obscured because what you see is not all that there is to see. What you see is not really the real picture because what the servant of Elisha saw was a great host of the army of the king of Syria encamped around the city. And it is true they were there. But what he saw caused fear to grip his heart. And he said, oh, my master, what are we going to do? And is that what you ask yourself in times of distress and dilemma and calamity? Are you fretting and fearful and anxious and worried saying, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Or are you walking by faith with the discernment of God, able to see beyond what the natural eyes can discern, seeing in the supernatural that which God is causing to occur in the spiritual realm and allowing you to go to sleep when storms all around you are raging because your hope is in Christ Jesus and you understand and see and realize and believe that he will take care of you. Elisha was able to go to sleep because Elisha knew something that the servant didn't know. Elisha didn't even care that there was a host of the army of Syria surrounding the city because Elisha knew that there was a host from heaven that guarded him, that watched over him, that kept his soul day and night. The angels of the Lord encamp around those who fear God, who love him, who serve him. The angels of the Lord have been given charge over you to watch over your soul, to bear you up, to protect you, to shield you, to keep you. And when you know you have that great an army around you and you know that there's no greater power on earth below the earth above the earth than the power of God then it doesn't matter what army forms against you because you are protected by the greatest power the power of the living God so though an host should encamp against me my heart shall not fear and though war should rise against me the psalmist said I shall not be afraid I shall put my trust, my hope, my confidence in God, and I will not fear what man can do unto me. So Elisha was asleep. The servant was worried because the servant saw the Syrian army, but Elisha saw the army of God. What do you see? How do you see this thing? So you got to see back in that day, Elisha, you know, was the prophet, the man of God who received the double portion of Elijah's anointing. So he had seen his mentor do great wonders in God. He had seen Elisha do many miracles. He had heard Elisha share with him testimony and rehearse with him the power of God, of the miracles that Elijah had done in his lifetime. You remember Elijah is the one who prayed and God listened to the prayers of Elijah and shut up the heavens that there be no rain and it caused a drought in the land. That was Elijah. And then he prayed again and God opened the heavens and poured out the rain. That was Elijah. He is the one who raised the widow's son from death. He laid over the son and prayed unto God three times. He kept praying and he was persistent 
and refused to relent. He continued to pray until God heard his prayer and answered his prayer and raised the young son back to life. That was Elijah. Elijah is the one who by himself defeated the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. That was Elijah. He called fire down from heaven. He caused the heavens to open up to give rain during a drought. That was Elijah. Elijah was the one that destroyed, that prayed and destroyed 51 soldiers with fire and lightning. That was Elijah. He parted the waters of the Jordan River. That was Elijah. Many of these miracles he did, Elisha beheld them with his own eyes and the others that he didn't see, Elijah rich rehearsed them with him and told him about them. So Elisha knew about the power of God. He knew about the authority he had in God. He knew that if he would walk with God, he would do great wonders and many miracles. He not only knew this, but he knew that what Elijah did, the wonderful works and miracles that were performed through Elijah, he had a double portion of what Elijah had. So he went to sleep. Even if the host of the army of Syria gathered against him, he didn't fear because he knew they were coming because the Bible says that as the king would begin to strategize, God would share it with Elisha. He told him every secret that the king was planning and plotting where he was going to be, what he was going to do, when he was going to do it. And he knew it. So Elijah knew the king was coming. He knew the army was planning to be there. He knew it because God was regularly revealing the secrets of the enemy to the man of God. And so when the army encamped around them to come to get Elisha, he wasn't worried because he knew he had a host from heaven. And I want to tell you that you've been fretting and worrying over things that you need not worry over. You've been concerned about things that you really don't need to be concerned about. You're concerned about things that God has already taken care of. You're worried about how you're going to pay a bill, how you're going to get through next week, how you're going to make it through this illness, how you're going to get through the dilemmas that you're facing. But the Bible said many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord shall deliver you out of most of them. No, it says he will deliver you out of all of them. Either you believe him or you don't. If you believe him to deliver you out of one or two, then you might as well believe him to deliver you out of all of them because that is his promise to you. That is his covenant with you. He will deliver you out of every one of your afflictions. There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. And God will not allow you to go through without making a way of escape. He will make a way for you when your backs up against the wall. He'll make a way for you. He'll get you out. He'll hold time still if he has to. God will do whatever it takes to bring you out of the dilemma that you are in, but he is going to be glorified. He is going to show you that he is God, he is Lord, and he will be praised. You just need to put your trust and hope in him and ask him to open your eyes. If all you see is the troubles in your life, if all you see is the issues of your life. If all you see 
are the dilemmas and the calamities around you, then ask God to open your eyes. And by faith, you need to believe when he shows you what he shows you. Sometimes God has shown you the victory and shown you how he's going to do it, but you just refuse to believe it. Sometimes God sends you confirmation that you're coming out, but because he doesn't tell you step by step and hour upon hour when things are going to happen, you don't want to walk by faith. Walking by faith is not easy, but a walking by faith leads to victory. You need to trust God, believe in his providence and know that God will take care of you. God did not bring you this far just to leave you. He brought you this far to take you through. He brought you this far to bring you out of what you are in and into the promise that he has for your life. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to get stuck in this valley. I'm not going to build a tent in this valley. This valley is not my home. It is not my permanent dwelling place. I'm going through. I came in on one end, but I'm coming. Coming out on the other because that is the assurance and the promise that God has given unto me. You need to stop worrying and fretting and speaking defeat out of your mouth. Stop assuming defeat. Stop assuming that what you see is all that there is. Stop assuming that the enemy has already won the victory. By this, I know that God favors me. He does not allow my enemy to triumph over me. Thanks be unto God who always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. You need to be walking in that triumphant, victorious power of God. This is who he said you are. You are more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. You are a winner. You are triumphant and God has got your victory already planned out. You just need to ask him to open your eyes that you might see. And when you see, you won't be saying, oh my God, what am I going to do. Your language will change. Your outlook will change. Instead of, oh my God, what am I going to do? You'll be saying, oh my God, he's taken care of everything that pertains to me. You need to ask him to open your eyes and let you see. Do you see what I see? What I see is that your future looks so much better than your past. What I see is that the hope of your salvation has come to deliver you. What I see is that what you're going through is not going to defeat you. What I see is that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God brings you out of them all. What I see is that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. What I see is that power belongs to God. Power belongs to God. God is the devil's boss. God is greater than your enemy. God is triumphant, victorious, all powerful, all mighty and God is on your side and God's thoughts for you are good and not evil and he will bring you to that expected end that he has prepared for you. You need to put your trust, your hope and your confidence in the only wise God, your savior that cannot lie, cannot fail, will not let you down and has already made a way for you to be victorious in what you're going through. Ask God to open your spiritual eyes that you might see that he has encamped around you, the host of heaven, and your victory is wrapped up in them. I know you think that what you're going through is harder than anything you've ever dealt with, and it probably is, but I'm telling you, God is greater. I know the sickness you're 
you're dealing with is more than you could have ever imagined. But God is greater. I know the dilemmas, the debt, the frustration that you are experiencing in life is greater than anything you have ever been confronted with. But God is greater. And I pray, God, open your eyes that you may see that greater is he that is in you and he that is with you and he that is around you than he that is in the world. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against Against me, in this will I be confident. Though the enemy would surround me, I know that greater is God on my side than the enemy that has come against me. And one thing have I desired of God, and I'm going to seek after it with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my strength, with everything that is within me. I'm going to seek after the presence of God that I may dwell in his presence. All the days of my life, for in the time of trouble, it is God that hides me and keeps me and shelters me. It is God that makes sure that he bears me up and hides me in the cleft of the rock. And he allows me to lift up my head above my enemies around me. I'm looking down upon them. I'm watching them strategize and plot and plan and connive. I'm watching them try to manipulate the circumstance. But when I lift up my eyes, I look at a God that's greater than my enemy. I look at a God that flips their plans upside down. I look at a God that causes the gallows they have prepared for my neck to be the ones that their own neck hangs in. I look at a God that flips this thing around so that the ditch they have dug for me is the one they fall in themselves. A God that sends ambushments in the camp of my enemy. A God that reveals the secrets and the plottings of the enemy. I look at a God that is greater than the hand of my enemy. Power belongs to God, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness, the victory, the triumphant power of God in the land of the living. If you don't see it today, I admonish you, I encourage you, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. He will strengthen your heart. Ask him to open your eyes that you might see that he is greater than the hand of your enemy, bigger than the trouble you face, greater than the dilemma you are confronted with, and power belongs to God.
God is greater, so much greater. Be assured of that thing. You gotta know this. I know that God is greater. There are some things you just have to know. You have to be fully persuaded, a hundred percent convinced. Cannot be deterred, distracted, or led astray from the truth, the faith that says that my God is greater. My God is greater than the power of the enemy. I want you to be encouraged. Pray God, open your eyes, let you see he's bigger than your debt. He's bigger than your crisis. He's bigger than your sickness. He's bigger than your disease. He's greater than what you are confronted with, greater than the hand of the enemy, greater than the job you lost, greater than the person that left you, greater than the loved one that you lost, greater than everything you deal with. God is greater. God is bigger. Put your trust and hope in God. That's why the Bible says they that trust and hope in God shall not be ashamed because when you put your trust and confidence in him, he does not let you down. He does not fall short of his word. He guards his word to perform it. The arm of God is not shortened that it cannot deliver you. He cannot meet his promise. Everything he has promised to you, he will do it for you. You need to walk by faith and not by sight. It is critically important that we are walking by the faith of the son of God that set us free, that we are seeing through the eyes of faith, all that God has in store for us. If you can only see with the natural eye, your sight is not only limited, but your sight is deceiving you because you're seeing only half a picture. You're seeing all that the enemy is doing, but you're not seeing anything that God is doing. And you need to walk by faith. Ask him. This is not reserved for a select few. Ask him to open your eyes. Pray to God that he reveals it to you. Seek the face of God. Seek the presence of God. This one thing have I desired of God and that will I seek after all the days of my life. If you long to be in his presence, if you desire to bask in his presence, if you knock, the door will be opened. If you ask, you shall receive. If you seek, you shall find. But that is not a one-time knocking, a one-time asking, but it is a continual seeking. You knock until the door comes open. You ask until you receive. You seek until you find. You don't get discouraged and turn around and quit because he didn't come through. You continue persistently to seek without giving up. The reason why the woman's needs were satisfied by the unjust judge is because she wearied him. You're not going to weary God, but you need to be persistent. You need to be consistent. You need to be tenacious about going after what you want from God. Don't be deterred. Don't turn around. Don't give up. And don't you dare quit. God is on your side and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If you continue to read through second Kings chapter six, you find out that not only did God answer the prayer of Elisha and open the servant's eyes so that the servant could see the same thing that Elisha saw. And what Elisha saw was that the armies of God were encamped around them and so much greater than the armies of the enemy. The enemy has surrounded the city, but the army and the host of God has surrounded Elisha and his servant. That is why the Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a 
flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against your enemy because the enemy has come in, but God has a standard, a hedge around you so he can come to the city, but he can't come nigh your dwelling. That's why the scripture said only with my eyes shall I see and behold the reward of the wicked, but it cannot come nigh my dwelling. He can come to the city where you are, but he can't come into your house. God's got your house covered. He's got you covered. He's got your possessions covered. The enemy might be all on the circumference of the city, but your house is protected and he can't come in. What Elisha's servant saw was the enemy around the circumference of the city, but what Elisha saw and knew was that he could come no closer because around the circumference of their dwelling place was the host of the army of God. And God is greater and his army is greater than that of the enemy. So you see the enemy on the outer circumference of where you are. You see him gnawing away at your family. You see him trying to get your confidence and your hope and trying to take your faith. But you need to take a closer look through the eyes of faith. Walk by faith and not by sight. And you need to see that on the inside, further inward, you have God and God's army protecting you. Let this mind, which was in Christ, also be in you. Guard your mind and your heart and your soul with the word of God. Cover yourself daily. Meditate on his word both day and night that you might be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Give yourself over to the worship and the study and the understanding of God's word. You need to see that greater is he that is in me. He that is around me, he that shields me than he that is around the neighborhood in the city and he that comes against me. Greater is he on my side than he that is risen up against me. One shall chase a thousand and two shall put 10,000 to flight. Lord, open my eyes that I may see and behold that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Dear God, we thank you. We praise you and we glorify you for opening the the eyes of our faith to see what you see, God, to understand what you have said about us, that we might walk in total victory and triumphant in you, Father. In the blessed name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we lift this prayer and we give you praise. Why do fools fall in love? It's the season of love. Tracy's Touch presents the season of love. Dinner and dance at the Dos Palamos Banquet Facility at 195 East Leffels Lane, Springfield, Ohio, with live entertainment from the L.A. Band. April 1st, doors open at 6 p.m., dinner served at 7 p.m., tickets available for $40 per couple or $25 per person. Get your tickets while they last online at eventbrite.com. For more information, call 937 937- 346-4420-937-346-4420. April 1st, you don't want to miss it.
thank you for tuning in. You have been listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? For information on this program, on how you can subscribe to or access previous podcasts of this broadcast, visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. Until next time.